rap if they ever stripped us of our title. I hope they do it with a cool press conference and some fireworks. Sometimes fighting isn't easier outside the cage. Sometimes they take your title that you kind of fought really long and hard for a while ago, but haven't been back, which means it's time for verbal tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I guess the hard part for me to understand here is, so they took Conor McGregor's title away, right? Stripped it, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gone. A- apparently, he <laughs> relinquished it. And I don't think you could put relinquished in any bigger quotation marks as we saw this weekend, because you know, for sure he was not willing to give that shit up. I would be also not willing to give that shit up for a lot of reasons. Why is that Kevin? Give me two. Uh, one, I'm not winning another one. So I guess that doesn't count for him. Uh, That's going to be it for me. Uh, so I'm definitely not relinquishing to, I want a full-on match in front of me. Mm. I want a chance to say if my successor is or is not worthy. I want to watch it like a well, thumbs-down thumbs situation. Where's Kevin. the pomp and circumstance here, UFC, by the way? Hire someone with some media savvy, for fuck's sake. Listen, Kev. I think you're trying to make the allegation that Jose Aldo is somebody who did not deserve a title to just be handed to him as he was the interim holder but he did not beat the champion so yes in a certain way he was handed a championship that was stripped from a guy who beat him in 14 seconds so i guess there is some weird discrepancy on oh is that your champion now (laughs) cool and are you gonna i mean i guess you can't talk a lot of shit until you win it I mean, I don't, I mean, Jose Aldo is a great fighter. Let's just get all around that sort of shit. It's just, uh, how did this not make anybody kind of scratch their head a little bit? Because I will tell you this right now. We had one person put out the best theory on our fan page. Do you want to hear what that theory is, sir? Yes. I okay. Really, I'm curious what the best one is too. Cause the best like, one. what's the best Here's the the actual one. All right. This one comes from Johnny Martis. It says, guessing that was the plan all along. Let the cash cow get the distinction of being a two-division champ and then finally get the featherweight going again. Leaves another big hype match open down the line for more monies. And here come the pretzels. Ooh. So... I think that's not a bad assessment of where we are right now because that's better than mine, which is they're just figuring it out at a fucking moment's notice. Also, <laughs> very possible. At the wall, like very, what are you... very possible. Oh, we got to fucking strip Connor. <laughs> Why? Because we don't have a two hundred six fight, which we're gonna get to. <laughs> and that's also a thing because yes, something did happen to two hundred six. But before we go to why this is all happening, let's discuss this very important thing, which is. Connor never defended that belt. So it does have a weird asterisk to me in that sort of way. I I think he still would have uh, crushed some guys in that division. And granted, he had to make a run to get there. But in terms of defending that belt, 
like it's really hard to make that assessment or really try and figure it out. Yes, and you can make the argument that yes, he was so dominant and blah 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 and all that other shit. But champions defend belts. That's all I'm saying. That also means he doesn't get to keep it, which is a crazy yeah. portion. You only get to keep it if you defend it once. Otherwise, take it back. We learned that from someone. I forget who it was. Mm. Um, I guess we'll see how this goes. I think he's going to be pissed when he hears about my idea that he should get to be there and decide after the person wins whether or not to strap him or not. Gabby Garcia is fighting a 52-year-old person in Japan, Raf. Why? Uh, you know... I don't know, but I just want to have put that out there in the stratosphere of really seems difficult to get her an opponent, I guess. 52 years old. This is not even fair. This is it's this is cruel punishment. They're just going to put him in drag. <laughs> Hope no one notices. Sorry, I was choked. Uh, on that one, just because I, I thought that was so funny. Yeah, if, if Sakuraba went full Bugs Bunny and went into drag, I think I would. Uh, I think I'd pass out from uh, hilarity. Only to get the shit beat out of him by Gary Garcia. It just gets pummeled. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the best ideas you've had in the four years we've been doing this. Keep it. Mm. Sad Daniel Cormier is out of two hundred six, which we've teasered okay. with why our media savvy leads us to believe they might have moved up the Conor McGregor uh, stripping <sighs> when it became more convenient to do so <laughs> because the big major uh, headline of 206, which is Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Rumble Johnson, uh, Cormier is out due to injury. Mm. You know, I take it back. The quotation marks that we were talking about earlier this is the biggest set of quotation marks ever put there, which is, yes, he was injured. Do you understand that reading he's injured the day after Thanksgiving for a person named Daniel Cormier who happens to fight in a pretty heavy weight class? Mm, I things had, aren't adding up here. I had not postured that we were talking about a turkey-related injury. Listen... But- what do they call it? Dramamine or whatever the fuck I've it heard is. It's taking a few fighters down. It's like, oh, my ACL hurts. I'm pretty sure I had a second Thanksgiving sandwich the next day. Cormier, he was just like, hey everybody, this is some good food. Oh no, oh shit, I'm out. Oh fuck. There. Oh, I can't do it. I can't fight anymore. Everybody, I'm too fat. Uh, boat rocking here because we've lost Tim Kennedy versus Rashad Evans. <laughs> Rashad potentially also due to a Thanksgiving related injury. Well, that one's less. I won't make fun of that one as much, but we do have good news there. Before uh, we go on, I do want to say my favorite status update that had to do with any fighter or jujitsu practitioner came from my friend Anthony that literally put up an SOS on his Facebook that read, please stop feeding me. I'm too fat. I can't move anymore. <laughs> I thought that was fucking awesome. So, Anthony, people good plead. shit. I agree. I mean, <laughs> Stop feeding me, Kev. <laughs> so, Tim Kennedy, what's going on with him now? Who the fuck knows? But at least for the meantime, he's fighting Kelvin Gastelum now. Oh. What does that mean? 
I haven't seen the fights like official official, but I don't know that Kelvin's officially moving up to um, his the weight fat class? kid division. <laughs> what's the weight class that they're fighting at? We've got to be fighting at 185. Uh, what's the name of the division? Light heavyweight. No. Middleweight. Middleweight. Yes. There it is. Um, you know, I take it back. I know I've said this twice already. That's the biggest quotation marks I think the UFC has used all week long. Because saying that uh, when K- Tim Kennedy had an opponent lined up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be fighting at 206 again. I go, oh, great. And then all of a sudden they mentioned Kelvin Gastelum and they said the fight will be at middleweight. And I was like, please put quotation marks around that. <laughs> because we're not sure if that's going down. I mean, have you seen Kelvin Gastelum? I do agree. I don't think they're using the quotation marks as effectively as they could be. Because I got... Was real loose. I would not have gotten as excited about this fight if I saw Kelvin Gastelum in quotation marks. I, Kelvin 185 Gastelum <laughs> would be a good. <laughs> it's going to be the first time in a way they're going to be like, 185? And we're at this place in technology in America where we could track the fighters. I mean, mm-hmm. if you going back to our friend. Uh, Adam's lovely time on what was the Sylvester Stallone show? God damn. Uh, uh, are you talking about strong? Strong. Strong. How the fuck strong. did you not remember a one word title that Sylvester Stallone? I thought it had more up. to do with the the final gauntlet at the end, but I, you, you got to get strong. And when you're strong, then you want it's wrong. strong. It's, like, it's the only word they could all agree he said. Well, He's in the meeting, and I'm sure they're thinking of different names that they could come up with. And they're like, Sly, what do you want to name this one? He's just like, I don't know. I just want to be strong. And they're like, genius. But you know how they have the fighters or the ladies? They show you the before and after and how they did and like what happened. That would be amazing. (laughs) With Kelvin? With all fighters, it's like we can see Kelvin Gastel, and it's like Kelvin weighed in four weeks ago at, oh my God, 214 pounds? Let's see how his transformation happened. Well, at least when he misses weight, there's a lot of people who clap, and they're like, still, you did good. You you know what? Positivity. You did real good. And on the flip side, when they get around Daniel Cormier, they're like, and his transformation is exactly the same. Well, he did. It didn't really change much. Okay. And for some people, they'll just look ripped, right? I get that. Yeah. I I still subscribe to the uh, good answer mentality of when you don't know what to do around people and it's a little awkward of a situation. You do what's called the prices, right? Or I'm sorry, the family feud. Good answer. Good answer. Even though you're like, that's a fucking terrible answer, fucking Stacy. You're so fucking stupid. Why did you guess X? Oh, why'd you guess X is a great one? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I still am excited for UFC 206. Little hit on the card. It would have been nice to see Rumble get his due because I feel like Rumble might have beat Daniel Cormier, and a lot of people were speculating that maybe Daniel Cormier was getting a little scared. Really, they were, and I mean, it's hard to forget that Cormier was the one that put johnson away so it's hard to fully understand that theory except for the fact that i think daniel cormier knows he's getting older and so you know we're not gonna see him fight forever 
And I think that was the, one of the most telling things about when John Jones basically created a delay to their fight at UFC 200, which was you saw that look in his eyes. That's like, dude, I'm not doing this forever. What the shit? <laughs> Can we hear I might yeah. ever yeah. fight John Jones again now and having that reality in his eyes. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a very real thing that happens with him uh, week after week. So. We'll see. I mean, it's coming up next week, and we'll do an over-under Kevin, but who knows if that card will stay the way it stays. I'm predicting it won't, based off, my, <laughs> Don't do uh, that. based off of all of the evidence presented in front of me. I'm one of those people. I, I hear about evolution. I'm like, that makes sense. Evidentially. And we have David Mitchell on the podcast this evening gonna have a fun conversation with him talk some fighting you and i are doing great post thanksgiving yeah um fun holiday neither of us had massive family blowouts or anything uh catastrophic i found out popping an edible just outside of junction city really makes the six hours of dataless madness serious (laughs) it's just an easier drive raph it's not like you know, I, I wasn't going to do this on 200, but I'll talk about your process now because I've learned it. And it's exactly the way I think you do pre-podcasting gaming, if you would, which is – and this is some behind the scenes. Because some people ask me and they're like, how high is Kevin? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, he's Don't he's Kevin, <laughs> right? But this is Kevin's pre-gaming uh, routine, one might say. First, smoking. So smokes up, really, really enjoys himself, gets high. He's in a good place. And then all of a sudden, he's surrounded by puppies. And so he literally just looks and he gets high. And then he's surrounded. He's like, puppies, puppies. And that's Kevin's pregame. Mind you, I'm in the corner, like getting notes and being like, I think we're going to ask this. And I think we're going to. Oh, fuck you, Kevin. You have puppies over there. You have a fucking rainbow parade get the fuck out of here that's the happiest i've ever seen anyone look ever yeah (laughs) fuck is going on over there yeah because it's like it surprises him each time that's the worst part it's as if he forgot the puppies were going to come and love him so yes it's always so happy i guess in response to everybody's question the show goes exactly the way you think it would behind the scenes we're pretty open (laughs) 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 pretty open about the process That's just us. Uh, let's go chat with David Mitchell now that people are fully inside my life. That's Absolutely. it, by the way. It's <laughs> just dogs, rainbows, and you know, Netflix. Kev, here's the issue. We've had this guy talking shit about us for a little while. And, and here's the problem that I have with it. It's that he's a good fighter. I enjoy him. But he's aligned himself with a lesser podcast. Gotcha. Are, are you picking up what I'm putting down here, Kev? 100%. First of all, I've already heard a few big cues out of you. He's a fighter. So anyone that's a fighter that's been talking shit on us, uh, probably not that good at it. Just if no. I'm I'm punching from the hip. Most of them, mm-hmm. you know, they spend their time doing other things. Punching right, people, right. getting punched. Not interested over here. I'm a reader. So we're usually a little bit ahead in that category. Second... Are you talking about someone who's in um, penetrated BJJ camp? Yes, he is uh, firmly in the penetrated BJJ camp. Maybe behind them. So, like maybe a, in front of them. Like a, not quite sure. 
minus eight inches BJJ. Yeah, type. definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, as we've discussed, uh, he has aligned himself with them. But, you know, we thought in the interest of fairness, the fairness doctrine that uh, abides to all podcasts, that we would bring him on because we want to hear him out. We want to hear what he has to say. And ladies and gentlemen. guy. So whatever. I mean, really, that's what brought him on. Let's be honest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. MMA fighter, David Mitchell. David, how are you doing today, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Just chilling out. So why have you aligned yourself with the penetrated BJJ? I guess this is my first question. Because the spinal crap? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I know, as much of a douchebag as they are, <laughs> uh, we just they invited me on the podcast, and then we started... Um, getting a couple podcasts in, getting some training sessions in, just shooting the shit. And uh, we got to the point where it was like, hey, man, let's try to make some big things happen and, um, and make jiu-jitsu great again. And uh, so me and Tim and Matt Freeman been working on just, you know, putting, you know, they, of course, have their uh, podcast content, but they've just been helping me a little bit, um, you know, managing my uh, jiu-jitsu part of my career because, you know, I'm also an MMA fighter and I manage myself pretty much in MMA, but... They just helped me out a little bit, give me some sponsors, hyping up some super fights, stuff like that. I mean, that's great. I saw that you and Matt took a nice little uh, romantical road trip together, and you went down to Vegas when you were competing there. And I said, "Oh, look at that. You two kids. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty sweet. But, you know, the best part of it was that inside heel hook to the crack, crack in a minute. Yeah. No shit, dude. That was a super impressive. How did you uh, like talk us a little bit through that? That was back in uh, like a month and a half ago or some change like that. And uh, who was your opponent? And tell us how that all went down. I think the guy's name's Alik or something like that. Um, and I fought him, gosh, like six weeks ago, maybe in Vegas. I was on a streak where I did uh, five events in in, um, in ten weeks, including IBJJF Worlds, uh, Nogi Worlds, uh, and. Uh, a professional uh, cage fight for King of the Cage. And then I guess the other three were just uh, super fight, a couple of super fights, uh, one up in South Lake and one down there in Vegas. And then the other one was uh, I went to Utah and did an eight-man uh, EBI rules bracket mm-hmm. um, for, for $2,000 prize. So, so it was like in the middle of this just heavy streak of competing, and I went down there and, um, you know, I just we had a good time. I had some pretty classic ideas. He's like, why don't you dress up like Elvis? So I just said, fuck it, and I did it. It was right around Halloween, and we were in Vegas. So, you know, we did the Viva Las Vegas, came out to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did my normal thing, you know, got got the guy in a bad spot in my guard, and then when he tried to stand up, I just took his back and then hit a little roll to the inside, to the 50-50, and uh, you know, hit the inside, uh, inside heel hook from there. If you're mapping, that was not a beginner move or sequence. <laughs> nowhere on the fucking list <laughs> you know the standard yeah, he Matt stood up so i took coaching, his back sitch. nothing to do with that victory yeah <laughs> i just uh i'm sorry what'd you say i was joking about the old you know they stand up so i took their back that transition that works <laughs> so well for all of us yeah that was the transition that's a good one a little simple imanari yeah. roll 50 50 inside heel hook just a just super easy, easy beginner yeah. I think that was like in a minute, in like minute 10. It was really, it was pretty quick. It would take me two (laughs) uh, minutes to plot that. I would have to consult Raph. I I Mm. would need a chart of some kind. (laughs) Yeah. 
like in Napoleon dynamite, Napoleon style, like <laughs> map out the game plan, the war. Like, I mean, it did take you know, it did take twelve years to get to that level. So okay, that makes. I guess there was some planning. Thank you. So David, the thing I had an issue with, and again, Matt's his own idiotic brand. I mean, he's trying to be your Bobby Heenan, but. It's not working. You clearly know how to talk and take care of yourself. <laughs> and you've let someone less someone, educated yeah. and uh, less so, ample yes. with words uh, do the talking for you, which, okay, sure, whatever. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But the bigger issue I had was you started dressing up like Elvis. And uh, granted, he is the king. So I get that that's a big thing everybody's doing right now. But you do know the trajectory for Elvis, right? Yeah, he kind of crashed and burned a little bit right so like mean? right now we're seeing like in shape karate jumpsuit elvis pretty soon but elvis lives man he's out there killing it still don't worry about him he's killing yeah. it still. <laughs> where is he killing it still uh, i've heard the, upper <laughs> the underground Providence. base under antarctica oh okay don't, don't worry about okay. him i was yeah. just gonna guess ontario Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah, say oh. some blackjack dealership that you were going to, and he was like, dude, he was crushing it, dude. 21s all night. I don't, I didn't really think out of that part of the um, Elvis, <laughs> you know, chrono- chronology, would you say? Something like yeah. that. I didn't think that far ahead. Matt said, sure. up like Elvis, monkey see, monkey do. Sounded like fun. I ended up wearing that. It was, it was, then it was, of course, Halloween. So I ended up wearing that Elvis outfit for like, almost a week straight. Well, you you got great it. use out of that because I saw some Snapchats of a certain team alpha male party that was for Halloween and you weren't even remotely close to being the most scandalous person at that party. Do you mind sharing who was? Close. Oh man. I don't know if I can even talk about this. It's out on the internet. It, it exists. All so right, yeah, right. I think you can. Yeah. I, all right. Well, our friend Teru from Japan, I guess they have different cultures over there. He came to the Halloween party and he was he had he had like a a flasher's coat on or whatever you call that, like a hench coat. But when he took that thing off, he had nothing but like some straps to a little sack that held his sack, I guess you could say. <laughs> he just he just had a satchel, dude. It was it was pretty much yeah, it was provocative, I guess. Now, this guy has quickly, I guess, earned his place into everybody's hearts um, because he loves the bitches. That's and the thing I think everybody knows about loins, him. Well, honest. Kev, let's, let's not get ahead he's of ourselves. A, he's, a, <laughs> he's a wild man for sure. But can you yeah, explain some of the mystique that is him? Like, is that the real deal? Is what you see what you get? Because when I saw him show yeah, up dude, there, you should come up to looked... the park and you should come up to the club. I mean, this guy is, he's, 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 a, he, he's not, it's not a joke. He's on the party. He's a, he's a good guy. Like, he trains hard, man. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I, listen, what I thought was he's a good fighter. I thought he's an engaging personality. I thought he was saying the right things. Every time he spoke, I just I start laughing and I'm like, you know, there is a culture difference here. But in this game of show, everybody literally amps up their personality 12 notches. And I wondered, is that what happens when you get there? But from all conclusive evidence I've seen, 100% in everybody's Snapchats or live videos. I, I recently saw one of him just dancing in the background. And I was just like, this dude is amazing. He seems like the best person ever. 
He's like the coolest guy ever, like the da- guy that uh, drinks those Equis or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, he is definitely, it. I mean, and you you got to be like, if you're not just going to wear a satchel around your cock and balls just to, because it's cool, because it's mm-hmm. not cool. You got this like full commitment right there. Like, yeah, he's a character, man. True is cool. Yeah, tough on the last one, but he, he, he'll get back and knock some other people out, you know? Uh, no doubt on that. And I mean, so you're part of uh, Team Alpha Male. Tell us a little bit about this because we have a couple friends throughout there, um, one of which we haven't seen or heard of for a, a little while. I mean, I see him on the Instagram, but how's our good friend Chris Holsworth doing? Has he been uh, killing it as the jiu-jitsu instructor over there? Yeah, Chris is yeah, amazing, man. Just going over some of it. He really likes the, those uh, Darshas and Anacondas, and he's got a sick top game, sick back game. Yeah, he's real good, and uh, it's he just told me the other day he's thinking about getting back into competing, you know, just uh, getting it going on. So, yeah, he's killing it. It's good. And the other one is, obviously, uh, Uriah is coming up very quickly uh, to his last fight. So has he changed anything in the way he's getting prepared? Um, because, granted, he's going to be fighting in, in home, and I think that's a great place for him to be uh, kind of closing out his career. But where has he been mentally, just from your own perspective? Um, he, I seen him sparring yesterday, uh, looked great, uh, very highly technical. He'd been working with Joey Rodriguez, my boxing coach, um, as you might know, uh, our Muay Thai guy, Master Tong, went back to Thailand, moved back with his family and stuff. So we've been filling in the gas with, uh, uh, Justin Buckles and, and, uh, Joey Rodriguez and, uh, yeah, he's looking sharp, man. His boxing looked good. I, I you know, I got my own training, so I'm not always watching the other guys train and, I've been so steeped in this jiu-jitsu culture as of late that I'm not, like, on it every day. But I did get a chance to watch him spar yesterday, and he looks sharp. And, of course, it's a very exciting card with the four of our guys going in there. And right there in SAC, of course, I'll be out of town uh, fighting in Croatia. But it's a, it's a pretty exciting new arena and all that. Do you get distracted watching his hair frolic up and down as he punches? I don't even see that. Oh, Okay. I guess uh, some of us are details people. Dude, we got Paige Van Zant in our gym, and fucking, we got. I don't even see. I don't Uriah see his hair. hair. I don't see your eyes. Sometimes I'll get. Sometimes I'll get attracted by that chin a little bit, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. I, I like to watch it, the uh, the guy the, the guys go because of course they're faster than me, so I learn so much about movement from watching the littler guys go. But yeah, no, I don't get distracted by your eyes hair. To answer your question, I'm jealous. I'm trying to grow my shit out. <laughs> that's a good choice for you and so the truth comes out it's okay i i knew at first when you were downplaying i was like nah nobody nobody can say they aren't looking deep into those golden locks and then when he he got rid of them i was All like right, fine <laughs> i'm glad Every the truth day, it's misery. <laughs> we don't have our our normal lie detector tests, uh, we didn't give it to David before the podcast, obviously. We always, we tend to do that. Well, how David, you, you obviously, all right, all right. I have a, I'm curious how you keep up, you're, you're doing a lot of jiu-jitsu grappling matches and MMA matches. You're obviously training a lot of MMA with Team Alpha Male. Are you also just supplementing that with jiu-jitsu or just kind of letting the overall? Um, yeah, I totally, well. Well, I made the decision, shit, like the last day before you could still register to cough up the 200 bucks and um, do IBJJF World. So when I did that, I was like, oh, shit, I might as well try to learn the rules and not get disqualified. Like every time I ever did an IBJJF tournament in the past. So I went and got... 
Can't read. Yeah, I've been just heel hooking everybody and then get mad when they raise the other guy's hand. I'm like, what the fuck? I won. <laughs> and I just didn't, you know, I was like, I didn't bother to learn. It's, it's just a different game, you know? And then you, uh, so I started playing that game and working with the guy said, hey, if I do anything illegal, you know, stop me. And so I trained a lot in Dixon and in Fairfield, which are Fabio Prado's gyms. And then I opened my own gym in Oak Grove and uh, tra- start been, that's just brand new, but we've been training there a lot and working, kind of working my own system, you know, like Josh Hayes got the 820 and, you know, uh, all these guys got the uh, 10th planet, obviously has their own major like uh, system and stuff. So I'm like, okay, IBJJF legal, you know, what can I do? I can do the 50-50, I can do the outside toehold. Um, that one works good for me. You know, you can still do knee, you know, like you just had to work through it. Okay, can't do any heels, can't reap. So I learned the rules and obviously had to take some time away from uh, like miss a lot of wrestling practices and stuff like that to uh, focus on jiu-jitsu and focus on IBJF rules. But now coming back that, coming back to sub only, coming back to MMA, like I feel like it developed some holes in my game. Like I didn't really like the 50-50 all that much. And now I fucking love that thing. It's like my favorite move. Hmm. I've been studying the shit out of it because it's really kind of your only leg lock position in IBJF rules. Dave, how hard is it to switch between those? Because I know 50-50 is you know, not exactly uh, an MMA guy's place that they exactly want to be, per se, but you're really making a thing of it. And I, I appreciate that you're able to take and adapt as you need fit. But, I mean, if you're practicing or you're, you're training, how does that change for you or does it change? Oh, man, I think that, you know, I, I just hadn't competed in jiu-jitsu. It just wasn't on my radar. I was trying to be a UFC champion, whatever, whatever. And I hadn't really done a tournament since 2008, I think, when I won uh, Gracie Opens. In the, uh, Gracie, the Gracie Open in Concord, and they just let us do everything. They just, they like, open late bracket, and they, Nick Diaz would be like, who wants to go? What's up? We'd be there till <laughs> midnight and shit like that. And, like, you, you know, just anything goes. You net cranking people and shit. So, like, I did well in those kind of tournaments when, you know, win four or five matches in a row or something like that. But then it just was like I went down to L.A. a couple times and I got an IBJJF uh, Nogi Worlds. And, like, I got DQ'd one time for, you know, reaping. And then the other time they matched me up with my teammate, Colin Hart, in the first round. And mm-hmm. I, just, I was like, dude, you're, you're, you're on point right now, dude. I'm just going to give it to you. And I, like, just went super light. Like, I was just like, oh, and I, it was like I spent, like, $500, you know, hotel all this stuff. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Just, just just MMA. But then, uh, back, I think it was just in March. I seen something on Facebook that, uh, that, uh, this fighting organization, WFC was looking for a guy to do a jitsu match. And I was like, dude, I'm down. And it ended up being Kyle Griffin. And that was how this whole thing started back in March. And since then I've had like, I don't know, 20 matches or something. Hmm. Damn. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly, but it was a lot, a lot of shit, like maybe like 10 different super fights. And then a bunch of different, I, I got to go and write it all down because it just happened so quickly. I just try to compete as much as possible. But I guess to answer your question about like MMA, is this hurting my MMA game? Maybe is what you're asking. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I feel like being, I'm just so much more, my jiu-jitsu has evolved so much that I feel like it's like, it's almost like not fair for them anymore. <laughs> I don't even think that it's hurting your game. I just have to wonder about the training. So when you get in the middle you, of training, yeah, yeah, how do you switch gears? Do you literally come in it's one day and go, all right, MMA? Like, no, I got to mix it all together because they're like, you know, the wrestling coach would be like, do a sit out. And I just go straight to, all the way to a guard pull to some crazy ass roll. <laughs> People are just like tripping out. They're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like break dancing <laughs> on the mat. And, uh, like, I'm definitely, like, pushing, like, people, like, whoa, like, because 
I'll just like pull guard and do up kicks and like in full MMA sparring, I'll grab someone's arm, make them drag me across the mat and whip them into a into a go-go plata and just like I just put way more creativity and emphasis on being on the ground and being like more versatile that I think that it's helped my MMA training. I, I think it's starting to push other people to see that maybe there's more out there that they could do. Uh, you know, just how if you like, no one really has a good guard in, in MMA. I feel like I have the best guard in MMA right now. So I'm going to try to take it all, as far as I can and use it to my advantage. Yeah. And we're on an awesome topic that we really want to chat with you about because you mentioned Croatia, which we're definitely going to get to. Let's talk about the manner in which you're going about explaining you're the best at jujitsu right now. You had parlayed this earlier into some MMA fights where you started calling people out, which is, you know, Raph's a big pro wrestling fan, so we're a big fan of that strategy. Anything rhetorical that'll get you in the cage. Because uh, you're also trying to mm-hmm. fight these people. You're not just talking shit and being like, what? <laughs> you do have uh, genuine interest yeah, but in the, settling without this. Without the shit talking, the fight never happens. <laughs> so it's really important. So how do you do this? What's um, your strategy? Talk to us about how you're you doing know, it now. Started, it started with West Coast fighting. The promoter was just a fucking douchebag. He's like, you want to fight that guy? Fucking call him out. And I'd be like, dude, I need money. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Gonzalez, you know, whatever. I didn't even know who the guy was. I would just start shouting at him on Facebook. Ended up in a like a shit show shootout with a heavyweight named Dave Huckaba, and we ended up fighting in a crazy ass war. So I had my run at MMA doing it, and then I started competing at jiu-jitsu, And I don't know if you know, but I uh, I fought Kyle Griffin in my first super fight ever. I didn't even really know like what the rules were, or what the fuck we were doing. I was like, okay, so we're grappling, but it's in a ring. Like, all right, let's do this. It's <laughs> this weird. And I had like okay. no strategy. I was like, fuck, I drove all the way to L.A. with the heater on to make the weight, and I was out drinking the <laughs> night before. Some girl I met on Tinder, like, it was just, I didn't, I wasn't taking it serious at all. And I had a really bad post-concussion syndrome, so I was, like, walking into the ring, like, dizzy, hungover, like, totally out of shape, like, fucking, all right, whatever, let's grapple. And I kind of got tossed around for a little bit, and then once I found my grounding, going, this guy's fucking horrible. I started beating his ass, ended up with, like, mounted, like, ended up with mount and ran out of time. And it was a draw, I guess, but I beat his ass. And then, uh, you know, like he hit me with his best leg lock game and just had like, I mean, he did get me a couple, a couple, he hit the saddle on me pretty nice from the top, you know, like things. I didn't even know what these names were back then. Like I wasn't <laughs> like Marcelo Garcia was like a Mexican beer to me or something. Like I just wasn't paying attention <laughs> to shit. So like all of a sudden it was like this whole different door opened up. I was like, fuck, I just went to a draw with this guy. And then of course he went on to go you know, runner up in EBI and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right at this. You know, I studied from the get-go. 2004, we started studying inverted heel hooks, everything, with Dave Terrell. So I'm like, fuck it. And I'm watching these guys, and they're winning these little, these cheesy-ass belts against, like, no kind of competition. And they're saying they're the best in the fucking world. And it's pissing me off. I haven't been tapped since 2005 in competition. Except for one guy got me in the gi when I first started training gi. Got me with a bow and arrow choke. Julian Flowers. See, I give credit to the guys that get me. That's the only time I've been tapped since, two, since Grappler's Quest. 2005 gordon ryan and you think you can fucking tap me out i'm just genuine this is like really me i'm fucking pissed the fuck off you think you're good fuck go back and watch some dave Terrell versus ricardo almeida you think that john donaher knows some fucking like oh man don't get me started dude this is not like i'm just talking shit because i want to get attention and and stuff like that but i'm actually pretty heated too so i just it's just naturally what comes out of me like what 
that's that crap. I watched like Keenan Cornelius versus uh, Gordon Ryan. I'm like, no offense, but dude, I'm better than those guys. And if you don't believe me, watch the fucking tape. Watch what I did to that guy in Vegas. I was just like making an art piece out of him. Okay, okay, we're going to take a moment to breathe. We want to make sure that you, you get a second. You're not going full Kanye, but we no, are approaching those levels. I just want to make oh, sure that yeah, you're no, good. Sorry, man, so, no, 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 don't, don't be sorry. This is great. This is what we want. This is what everybody does want. Because no matter how many pre- peace treaties get made, I think people respond to this because what you're saying is real to you. And you have an argument. I think this is where people get lost. I think people get lost in that, yeah, you know, this sport is about honor and respect, but, like, nothing, like, gets done unless you start calling out the people that you want to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially when you're calling out somebody who's calling out everybody else. I think the issue that I think people seem to have is, how do you pick these people? Is it that you look at them and you say, like, you know what, I feel they've got holes in their game, I want to expose them? Is it just you, like, look at them, you're like, did you win? All right, I'll take you on. Or does it become more like a styles make fights kind of a thing where you go, you know what? I think me and them would have a great match. Is it a combination of that or, or where does that process begin for you? Well, I pretty much just called out every single person I, that I knew that like when I was fighting in May, there was like somebody in the region that wasn't fighting the UFC. Then they were anywhere near my weight class. I would call them out, you know, and it's pretty much the same thing in jujitsu. I just, you know, I, uh, it was actually Matt, Matt's idea to go after Gordon. I, I was kind of more stuck on, um, some other people, you know, I really wanted to get Drysdale. I wanted to get um, Lovato. Like, I, I wanted to get the guys that I really feel are actually good. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind to do a Master Shield. Like, you know, I, I honestly feel like I'm pretty much past Gordon already. So, um, you know, if he wants to do it, then would he, otherwise I'll just shut up about it and move on because there's a lot of people out there that are selling fake-ass jiu-jitsu, and it's, it's upsetting to me. So when you say these things, and I mean, uh, I just want to remind you, Gordon is on the line. So it's not like, you know, when you were addressing him, I was like, oh, shit, I think Dave thinks he's on the line. We better let him know real quick. No, I know he's not on the line, but I'm hoping that he's listening. <laughs> or that someone that he knows is listening. Somebody will tell him <laughs> just, that I ain't you, joking, that I ain't no joke. I don't think anybody thinks you're a joke. But, I mean, this is sort of reminiscent of, you know, when people would do rap battles and I nobody ever did a your joke nor did i think it was no. when you fought at the event deep impact in july 8th 2007 <laughs> let's get to those names because before we go ahead and say and i want to complete this metaphor which is i do think that when you had rap battles you didn't have people saying like hey actually you're the greatest everybody just fucking comes at it and they're supposed to come very aggressively so i don't think anybody would appreciate you being like excuse me gordon ryan if you would please yeah or like come- i think i'm okay yeah. Like I'm gonna let my talking in the cage happen or whatever. Like I'm gonna do my talking in the cage. Right. Like, nobody wants to hear that shit no more. Yeah, I know. So Kev, <clears throat> you have a list of That's some fair. interesting <laughs> uh, titles yeah. and uh, places that Davis fought. I, uh, do you care to read some of these? I do, because presumably these are either all these are all in potential for could be Bruce Willis films. A good chunk of them. Um, could also be nice. I'll take that. Too, could also be like a a different Japanese style of point. I'll just get to them. Um, brawl in the hall, which is good. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about with that one. Where's you, that at? You fought Bobby Green December third, two thousand nine. You won submission. Oh Vito. yeah, Rocky Palace. 
Uh, that's the next yeah, one. Hold on. The Tachi Palace fights one. Where that was you, the first, yeah. You fought War Machine, which is, uh, boy, where are they now? David Mitchell's still. That was I mean, epic. Dave, I got to say. Story there. Uh, well, let's get to that story. What's the good story behind that? Oh, the guy, man, he was just a super, you know, looking back on it, I think he was on some steroids and maybe some other kind of drugs. He shows up to the weigh-in like, I'm just going to eat a Skittle and fucking cut 10 pounds. He was just a fucking moron, you know? I was trying to be a nice guy to him, but he was just out there on, on, on doing his own thing. And then he, he, was, he, he, like, was in my guard, and I was kind of beating him up from the bottom. And, and his corner was like, come on, fucking posture or something. I can't remember what they're saying. And he'd look over and be like, I'm fucking tired, man. <laughs> just, the whole thing, man. And it was like, I think it was right before he did that porn. And then he got arrested. And it just, you know, it, he was just a uh, a guy that, you know, you just feel for, you know. I'm fucking tired. I mean, here's the thing. You beat him up pretty good. But I think life still beat him up better. But what do it, I know? It was a very close fight. The, honestly, that was the closest fight that I ever had to what maybe could have been a draw. And he, like, gave it his all. And, it, yeah, life ended up beating up a whole lot worse than I did. Yeah, dude. Uh, Kev, go on with uh, a couple other that you had. Cinco de Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good time. Which, you guessed it, fought on May 05, 2010. Um, Kev, before you go any further, as the resident Brown person on this podcast, let me ask. Yeah. Uh, no, I just oh, okay. want the story. So when someone calls you, Dave, and says, hey, buddy, do you mind fighting for us? And you go, oh, yeah, I'm a fighter. I'll fight anywhere, anytime, anyplace. And they go, okay, cool. The name of this is what again, Kev? Cinco de Mayhem. Okay. What's the first thing that comes out of your brain in terms of that as a card name it was great man it's genius i mean <laughs> i thought they, they had they, every single day they, they had some kind of event so that's probably their best name that they had <laughs> all right kev are you getting to my favorite now uh sh- yes i want to give quick honorable mention to throw down at the pavilion mm-hmm. battle for norcal uh, yeah um but the winner is stars and strikes <laughs> fought so july, july 9 2010 <laughs> nice where was that at this is uh you fought popples martinez and you won via te- martinez at Tachi. there we go you won via technical well, submission I- triangle choke why does it say yeah. technical submission I don't know. It was pretty sucky. <laughs> they just started to compliment how well it was done. They were like, Triangle. no, it wasn't just good. It was super technical. <laughs> uh, I don't think they did That's that. Funny. But great fight titles. Yeah, Poppy's a good guy. And <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Who are you fighting in Croatia? Tell us about your upcoming MMA fight. Uh, the guy's name is like, it's like in English you pronounce it Pavel. Pavel mm-hmm. Dvitri or something like that. So it's a pretty tough name. I'll try to work on it a little more, but um, I think he's like from Croatia right there or maybe a Ukrainian or something like that, but he trains out of, I think it's like the top team in England or in London. It's like uh, London shoot fighter or something like that. He's got a good record, 17 and three, but I just haven't seen any real mains of uh, good guys that he fought and stuff like that. So he does, he does some leg, he does some leg locks. So it should be fun to see if he wants to play leg locks with me and uh, see how that goes for him. (laughs) 
I, is I that a challenge him too? <laughs> I think he should do that. Prove Croatia, we're Russia, Ukrainian something. Garden. Yeah, prove you're better at leg locks. Yeah, prove you're better, Pavel. I, and and I have to ask this: Is there somebody in MMA? Because I know you're talking a lot about grappling, but is there anybody else in MMA who you feel has good leg locks? Because I think there are so many of us who are intrigued by those who use leg locks or leg attacks in MMA. But I want to hear your opinion. Is there anybody that you feel has a solid game for that? Honestly, the only guy that comes to mind is Rusidmir Paul Harris, yes? Like, mm-hmm. and now I don't know where that guy's at. You think he kind of fell off. I mean, that's well, really the only name that, like, jumps out at me. What? I mean, give me another name. I, no, I'm know, not, I'm not trying to quiz you guy. for a better person. I'm trying to let you know. Yeah. Uh, our good friend uh, Rusimar Paul Harris... Mr. Paul Harris is uh, still serving a fine and uh, suspension. Still serving fine and suspension. Yeah. yeah, he fought Gary Tonin in a grappling match. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I did watch that. That was pretty exciting. That was a good one. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, to be honest, I think that I probably have the best leg loss in MMA right now. I've only hit one. I hit that one on Bobby Green Toho, but I never really, I never really tried before. So maybe I'm gonna start trying. When was the Ooh, clicking you got some moment? Good names, you should tell me, and I'll, I'll I'll watch some tape and see what I think. Dude, that's why I was but asking you. You don't see it much. I I don't see it, but Maybe you do know that a uh, jiu-jitsu community that currently hates me could uh, get behind me and rally <laughs> behind me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, some, uh, leg lock battles. In the you're not years, going not crazy around. here because a lot of us get excited when we see somebody going for a heel hook or. Uh, for any kind of leg attack because it's the great what if can this happen can we prove and demonstrate and i think there are uh, some fighters and i think it's building and and building but currently i don't see a ton of mma fighters really exhibiting a strong amount of leg attacks currently but we sure as fuck get excited when we see them attacking it cool um shit i'm gonna start attacking them more definitely inspired me to uh I'm I mean, that's how this. I kind of got the whole leg lock city and started going after the legs and stuff. Because to me, it's all the fucking same, dude. It's uh, yeah. I mean, to call yourself a leg specialist is like saying you know nothing about jiu-jitsu. All the attacks, there's food, if there's food on the table, you eat the food, you know? Yeah. Legs, arms, throats, wrists. I don't care. It's all the same. Terrifying metaphor. <laughs> Alert. Uh, but um, <laughs> I like leg attacks. I like playing footies. I've been doing it a long time. I think I'm pretty decent. I well, feel you strongly here. If he does this, first of all, anytime we just talked to Jason Hayden, who had an awesome uh, internet afterlife from his fight where he heel hooked someone that rung his bell pretty hard, so he was losing the fight. Heel hooked him. Oh shit! I have to check that out. Went everywhere. Yeah, please do, Jason Hayden. The video, it's awesome. Uh, two, your you know your name gets notoriety in terms of the fight worlds of pretty much anytime you're hitting a card, you're going to be able to get that out there. A high-profile, fancy heel hook, Raph. We're going to meme that. I mean, yeah. I, I think that has potential. I just think that could endear you to the currently tumultuous jiu-jitsu internet crowd that actually hates everyone if we're just polling them, Yeah, uh, Yeah, okay. oh. I hate everyone, too, so I can. I hate you guys, you know? Nah, so whatever. I'm in Denver where weed is legal, so I love everyone. I'm just good to go. Oh, yeah, I was about to say yeah, I it only. Weed. I hate everyone. I mean, that's the whole thing is is like Dave. It would hurt if it mattered, or I thought any differently of you. But 
<laughs> I don't. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's nice. Thanks for telling us that. Um, I guess the bigger issue that we have here is, you know, uh, I wanted to explain what a meme was to people who listen to Inside BJJ. See, that's comedy. Uh, they are funny pictures, usually with a caption. I know you don't see those on Inside BJJ if you're it does listening. require reading some of the time. Mm-hmm. Not a great Literacy. Mm-hmm. Not a great indicator of their audience. Is gonna I don't want to ruin it for say them. Something about steroids and put a picture up. <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way, Dave. You have definitely put up some steroid pictures of some notable jujitsu and MMA guys, and just called them out for steroids. Is that just to get under their goat, or do you actually believe that? Everybody's on steroids, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I've fought a lot of guys that I've trained with guys where they've been like pretty strong. And then three weeks later, they're like triple strong. And you're like, okay. And your back is back breaking out. Like, all right. You know, and I ain't gonna lie, dude. Back in the, like back in the day, I fiddled around with some of that stuff, but it, all that shit is just avoiding actually learning the knowledge, which is jujitsu. So to me, I feel like all the guys that did that and wasted a bunch of their time, you know, pumping needles in their arms or whatever the method is that you, you get the drugs in your body or whether they're just taking a bunch of fancy supplements that are laced with all kinds of crap. I don't do none of that, man. I eat real food and, and, and I study jujitsu. So a lot of it's just a ploy, you know, I want to get some big fights. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty upset. I feel like a lot of other guys have got their due that weren't as good as me. And, you know, maybe I'm just jealous or something, but, uh, a lot, well, to be honest, a lot of those memes are just pictures that people sent to me, like uh, uh, IG message or Facebook message, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I got to post that up. And I'll just <laughs> throw it up. Like most of those things, I didn't even make. To be honest. I mean, that's good to know. Uh, I feel that's a, a good answer. I got to ask you though. So you said that you dabbled. What was the turning off point for you, if you're willing to be so honest? Because a lot of people get seduced by that. They stay in that mode. And they, they get seduced by the idea of like, all right, this is a little bit easier. This is giving me an edge. You know, mm-hmm. what was the breakaway for you? For, for me, it was like I turned to that stuff because I kind of had lost my love for, the, for, for, for training, for jiu-jitsu, for, for studying the martial arts, for fighting uh, MMA. I had thought about retiring and my game was kind of falling off and just kind of had a lot of different maybe problems with injury or whatever kind of thing you could think of, excuse me, you know, girl problem, whatever it is. And I turned to, you know, people have been always offering me this stuff, like, you know, oh, take, just take me to and go someone. And I kind of was like, it was almost more of like a, a crutch for me, you know? Like, I didn't really want to do the work, so I fucking tried to do some human growth hormone instead or rub some very Barry Bonds cream on my inner thighs. So it never helped me at all. What helped me was getting, falling back in love with the with the knowledge of jiu-jitsu and going, and, and like, I never really, it never helped me. So I was just like, man, that was expensive and useless. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe I didn't have the right doctor or whatever. I just, like, you know, some homie tell me this, whatever. And it was hella expensive. I was like, this is stupid expensive. So I realized that, like, for me anyway, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but it was like, man, just train, you know, try to eat organic food, not put a bunch of poison in your body, you know, not drink too much, not go to in and out too much, stuff like that, and just try to train hard. And then I think you can get the gains, you know, you can get strong maybe. Sometimes I've supplemented with creatine or something because I'm like, oh, I want to get stacked, you know, I need to put on some weight for a higher weight class, maybe a little bit of protein powder, but even that stuff I don't really play with no more. I just eat real food. I train super hard and, uh, and train smart. Like I'm trying to learn more. Like I'm always trying to learn more different positions, more different entanglements with the legs. I'm just, I'm super addicted to it. 
I do like floats and stuff, and all I think about the whole time is like Kamora Griff and, and leg lock <laughs> and just just ripping people to pieces, you know. I mean, I was with you all the way up until you said uh, no in and out, and then I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Uh, like, everything sounds I really good. Until I said minimal in and out. All right, mm-hmm. minimal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave, I got to ask you this too, because you did go on a float today and you did say that you were thinking of uh, something. So when you go on a float, kind of explain to people what that experience feels like, because I myself have never done it. I've heard lots of people talk about it. Um, What does that do for you and what were you thinking about today when you did that? Uh, Well, float is like a deprivation tank where you just go in the dark and float in salt. It's like really almost more salt than water. So it's like super buoyant, like the Dead Sea, and you just lay there and just and it's dark and you just chill it's like uh, very restorative for like rest and stuff but for me mostly i just brainstorm jiu-jitsu stuff so you know i think about like different different grips that i like and different um positions and maybe even go into what you know what fights who do i want to fight you know like i just start calling out every single other person in the world now i'm like kind of drawn back from that you know i got a few things scheduled um seth daniel says give me a fight to win title so i feel like that's that's going to be the true the true title and um so I'm like kind of just trying to go, okay, what, what is my game? What is jiu-jitsu? So I think a lot about that. And of course, you know, other things with life and stuff go through and then sometimes you, you know, fall asleep or kind of get like that, no, that meditation, like that no mind state where you're like, Oh, where was I? So, you know, it's cool. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't solve all your problems, but it's definitely a good therapy. I recommend. Who are you <laughs> fighting a fight to win? Who's uh, on your fight to win float mental checklist right now? <laughs> Seth Daniel said that it had to be uh, a world champion brown belt. So he said, he said that I earned with that one in Vegas. You know, I didn't have the best performance in San Francisco. I was like pretty nervous and stuff. And the guy was really good. So after I smashed that dude in Vegas, you know, he's like, you, you've earned a, a title shot, but it has to be a brown belt. Like, it's like a weird thing for him with this like hierarchy. I'm like, dude, I've been doing jujitsu for 13 years, bro. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm definitely like black belt level. I might not know how to tie that belt, but. You know, when it comes to Nogi, I'm an expert, you know. So um, he said, Brown, I mean, I don't know if Josh Hayden wanted to get it or um, Jeremy Jackson or DJ Jackson or I don't know. I don't know who I'm not like I kind of just want to back off, just blasting everybody. I got a kid's program now. I just I'm trying to be like a little bit more humble, maybe. Sure. Sorry, I, I mean, earlier, but yeah, you dude, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. We're going to talk about your gym in a second, but I mean, you're, you're taking out all the Jacksons, DJ Jackson, Latoya Jackson, Tito, anybody named Jackson. You're more than welcome to challenge out David Mitchell. Do you have a J in your name? Are you just trying to get Josh <laughs> Hayden out of it? He's got a J in his name. Oh, he's not a Jackson. Just to work for the joke. But I would love to see you oh. and Josh because, hey, you and Josh, I mean, you guys were trying to put this match together, and I'm all for it. It's one of the few things that Matt has ever come up with that I think has some legs, and I, I think actually, you probably were behind it. Oh, it was you? Oh, great. Yeah. Then he's worthless altogether. But what I'm saying wow. here, Dave, is- well, that was crushing. Oh. We were finally going to, like, throw something his direction. I'm not even going to defend the guy. I'm trying to figure out how to throw him under the bus even more. Oh, he's no, no. last night, did shitty at jiu-jitsu. He's, you know, <laughs> just about to throw him out to put him out to the, um, how do you say, send him to the glue factory. Uh, I mean, listen, I mean, that's, I know, I know we phrase, talked about War it? Machine getting his due, but I mean, nothing beats up life more than life is beat up, Matt Freeman. But hey, <laughs> the important thing we're talking about here, David, is this you versus Josh would be a fascinating match for a multitude of reasons. But yes, I would love to see that because I think the two of you 
have great clash. You've mentioned his 80-20 system. Obviously, you've got great leg attacks. Um, I don't know if we can make this a thing, but would you even consider, and let's say if that does come through, that'd be great, but would you also consider doing EBI? Or have you been contacted? What's the deal with that? Because you oh, seem like a no-brainer. Great format. Good call, Raph. Yeah, um, I guess I finally got on his ra- on Eddie's radar. I was kind of like, it's a fucking conspiracy. They won't let me in. They don't want me to fucking rip everyone to pieces. Like, you know, I go through crazy shit in my own head, like, because I feel like I definitely deserve to be there. As soon as I found out about it, I was like, damn, this shit was made just straight for me. Mm. And then uh, Submission Underground, even more so, because it's in a cage. But all the overtime rules and stuff, like, that, no time limit. Whatever it is, like, when it comes to no gi, no rules, that's me. I'm down. Um, so I'm down, I guess, uh, the, um, Tim did talk to, uh, Eddie about me and they said they're going to put me on like next summer or something, but I'm not waiting around till then to, uh, keep kicking ass. But yeah, I definitely want to do EBI. I thought that I would have done really well. You know, the last one, I, 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 I rolled with a couple of those guys on that card and, uh, I ain't going to say, you know, start blasting anybody, but I think I did well. I think I would have hung really well. So it was kind of hard. It's kind of hard to watch. Like you kind of made me mad, you know? Yeah, I mean, you obviously know things on the mat, and the mat doesn't lie, so I won't I won't even uh, have you put those people on blast. But I will say this. You said Submission Underground, correct? Is that also in play? Uh, yeah, I actually got offered a fight, but they wanted, this crazy, they wanted me to do a gi fight. They didn't want to pay me anything, and they wanted me to uh, fight in the gi, which was cool. I would have done both those things, to be honest, but I have the um, contract with the uh, Final Fighting Championship in Croatia for the 17th, so it was the weekend before. So uh, that, that contract says I'm not allow, allowed to fight in any any kind of martial art competition. So I had to I had to decline them. And I was actually going to do Boogie's tournament instead in San Diego. I had been invited to my first ever 16-man bracket UBI rules where you pay in 100 bucks, and mm-hmm. then the winner takes the 1600 So I was super excited. He had put me in, you know, starting to pump it, and I had to call him and say, hey, man, I can't, I can't do it. You know, just it violates my contract. It's... I already violated it by doing world, but I figured that was more than 30 days out. So the weekend before is kind of a different story. I like this. You know what? Hey, listen, you promoter fucks. If you're looking for somebody who's going to give you something exciting, I don't know how you pass up David Mitchell right here, right now. Let's go ahead and put you on blast. Let's make this happen. Let's get you on these fucking cards because I do think that you would provide something exciting to a number of these cards. And let's not have you wait for summer. Let's get you on some shit. Yeah, let's do it, man. I, I'm I maybe the next submission underground. I'm very curious to see how it goes between John Jones and I mean Dan Henderson. I mean, we we all know that I would just decimate either one of those guys, but you know, maybe if I could get under John Jones skin, that's a match that could happen. I know the guy can't compete in the MMA right now for some uh, things that I'm just going to decline to talk about some uh, some alleged supplements. So, Dick you know, if you want to grapple, in the actual report <laughs> issued by USADA. So, we can say it. I didn't read the report, but I'm going to take your word for it. And oh. if John Jones wants to grapple, I'll take the winner of that fight. How's that? <laughs> Sorry. Deal. It's not you. It's dick pills. That's an actual thing written in dick. a USADA actual oh. contract write-up. It's the funniest oh, fucking shit So, he ever. got in trouble for dick pills. Is that correct? So, he for, says... For like a- that's what he says. Usada he says does not agree. He was taking dick pills. <laughs> and uh, they basically said, and I've never seen this written together, but they said essentially in response to his repugnant use of the word dick pills, 
that they rendered a decision that yes, he will serve out the rest of his uh, ban. So he, they were looking for leniency on on the uh, argument that mm-hmm. he had only taken dick pills and uh-huh. not not supplements. And not had disclosed right. that. Then later they were like, he hasn't taken anything. What are you talking about? So as long as he doesn't take any dick pills right before the match, we'll be cool. You do whatever you want the rest <laughs> of the time. So, <laughs> supplements, dick pills, do your thing, bro. Just jiu jitsu doesn't. That's the cool thing about jiu jitsu, right? Because you guys agree, it don't lie. You yeah. get on the mat. When you leave the mat, everyone knows who the better guy was. Absolutely. That's good shit. Well, listen, uh, David, we could do this round and round forever, but what we'll do for now, we're going to put a pause to this part of our conversation. Uh, let's get people to remember what's the shit you got going on. So in order, tell us the fights you've got coming up and then don't forget to tell us if people want to train with you and they're in the Northern California area, where can they go? Absolutely. All right, man. So I got the fucking uh, Croatia fight, final fighting championship, uh, middleweight belt. In Croatia, Zagreb, Croatia to be exact. And then um, uh, Submission Series, God, Submission Series in Sacramento on January 7th. That should be super exciting for like the people that are local and close to me to get a chance to come out and see me grapple. I think it's an EBI, 8-minute, 10-minute, I don't know, EBI match. And then um, Seth Daniels, if we can find somebody, and maybe we did find somebody, maybe Josh is down. I mean, I, I think that's a great match too. Uh, for uh, January 27th in San Jose for a fight to win. Look for some uh, brown belt world champion to go up against me for uh, a fight to win a belt. And then after that, man, um, just looking for the big opportunities, you know, looking for the UFC, the Bellator, the big contracts, or stay with Final Fighting, or go out to re- Ryzen. Really want to displace those um, those leg locks. And if you want to come and learn, um, I'm at El Grove MMA at, at uh on Waterman Road in Elk Grove, and uh, we're just getting going. We're getting uh, got the leg walk Wednesdays we're doing, and Monday we're doing every day we're doing jiu-jitsu, wrestling, uh, mixed martial arts. You know what I'm saying? Boxing, Joey Rodriguez boxing there, and um, yeah, it's going real good. And uh, if you want to follow me? I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at David Mitchell MMA. Dig it. Great stuff. You know, David, despite how much the inside BJJ guys like you, you're, you're hard not to like. I was going to say, uh, yeah. it's, uh, call me out during the podcast. Mm-hmm. You didn't they once threaten jabs, Kevin. But absolutely. Overall, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So despite what they say. Anaconda Garden, got to get a heel hook. Listen, we're not rolling with you. We know better. But we will say this. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Entertaining uh, on the mic as you are on the mats. Ladies and gentlemen, David Mitchell. Raph, we got to most of the fight places I wanted to talk about that David Mitchell has been to. Because, you know, frankly, they get a little boring. But there was also beat down, meltdown mayhem Mm -hmm. uh you could really sell me that the battle for norcal uh belongs in its own epitaph they should do that all the time there's one called total elimination just crazy shit they had way cooler names now it's like johnson versus dodson it's like oh how great mark boring very boring can i Uh, reveal something to you i i feel like he wasn't totally forthcoming with us though what do you mean I feel he has a role in naming these things, and I think he kept quiet about it. 
well, if I'm being so honest. Once we started making fun of the names, he was like, well, I'm not going to tell him now. Well, at first he was sitting there. He's like, well, let's hear what out and let's hear what these guys have to say. Oh, oh they're making fun of it. Mm, these assholes. I won't tell them. Now I'm definitely not going to tell Uh That's funny. I want naming rights in any MMA fight I participate in. But that's something I'm going to have to talk about later with whoever hires me to do that. Fun podcast. Coming off 200, we had a great, just an unbelievable time doing episode 200. Uh, please look at everyone's, just a lot of people to thank from the voicemails. We put everyone in the description so you can see who's talking to you, uh, which is always awesome. Raph, what's going on this week for you in jiu-jitsu? I'm working on disarming people with funny comments mm. about current events. Um, well, I'm getting someone ready for EBI. So, you know, same Z's. Okay. So we're there. We're pretty close. We're exactly the same. Mm. Um, if I can be so honest, I think probably the best thing I did this week was, uh, our good friend Octavio was talking to our good friend, Mike, who helps out at EBI. And uh, he came to train with us, and it was great. And Octavio was telling him some great stories about how awesome it is to train with all these guys who are beasts and how everybody around him and names everybody in the room but then doesn't name me. <laughs> now, I was mid-roll, and I stopped. And I actually – I was framing to get out of mount. And I stopped, and I looked at Octavio, and I go, and? And? <laughs> and he goes, Oh, like, whatever, dude. Like, dude, like, no. And I was like, Octavio, seriously? You and... named everybody in the room but me? And he's like, dude. So then afterwards, I go up to him and I was like, what the fuck was that shit? It's like, you literally named everybody. He goes, no, dude, I was talking about jujitsu. Like, before I was, like, saying, like, Raph's the best interviewer. He's, like, the funniest guy. And if I'm doing these things, I want to work with him. And I was like, those are just facts. <laughs> Listen. You don't get points for just spouting out the truth. I'm telling you, you did not name me. And he was like, Those are can just you facts. say, <laughs> sorry, I just, I got really indignant when I did it too. I was, I did not hold back. And then he just looks at me and he goes, so you really saying that your jujitsu is like that good that it's helping me? And I was like, no, but it'd be polite if you made me feel like it was. So you dick not nice that's where I ended. so yeah i guess maybe we are doing very similar things i i completely agree it's like you just give them a call out it's all like <laughs> the very least you could have at least said like their names with like a really nice tone that's like oh man joey and eric and rough and i would have accepted it but like yeah my jujitsu is not as good as theirs so no <laughs> that's uh and, you know, it's not like you have to be the best at jiu-jitsu to be helpful as a training Listen, partner. if Kelvin Gastelum is going to make middleweight, then I can be good at jiu-jitsu. Those are all true statements. I Just completely saying, agree with that. Use the quotation marks. Totally Dr. Evil it out. I don't care. Rude. I love the Dr. Evil stuff when he does that. Hey, it's time for shout-outs on uh, this wave of hilarity. I, I, those are just facts. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have seen the way that I said it. I just I looked at it, and I didn't break. 
I made full eye contact and was like, those are just facts. And Octavio, like, he started to break. And I was like, don't you fucking laugh at that. So. Well, let's uh, roll this into some shout outs. Yeah. I'll start. Massive shout out to the Phillips family for all the amazing food. The uh, Phillips Gordon Quinn made a fort out of the five trees my father had kind of trimmed up and cut down. Then a lot of a lot of wood hanging out at the Phillips house homestead. Mm. So we made a fort with the kids because that's what you do. When there's a lot mm. of wood hanging out. You make a fort. They're also into more flashlight tag chasing eight and nine year old. Great for my jujitsu. Keeps my cardio up even during these holidays times. Mm. Uh, really hilarious watching my youngest niece. She does this like uh, sort of jujitsu scoot where she keeps mm-hmm. one knee up and scro- scoots on her butt. I'm just so proud. And mm. I think that bodes well for her potential jujitsu game. Got some training in over at Jubera's, which was fun because after a lot of training and a lot of competition training, a lot of promotions, we finally took a little breather. It was just like, oh, let's all have some... Uh, some nice rolls to Zach, Will, the 10 other people that also got promoted. All really, really well-deserved. Will's a brown belt now. So it's uh, fun. We've got some promotions that were well-earned, Raph. That's uh, going to do it for me. Um, I know who I'm not shouting out, Octavio. Yeah, you were just you you and I were just talking about all of your friends that you do jujitsu with that you feel mm-hmm. like push you. Whatever mm-hmm. level that might be. And I remember you mentioning like thirty eight people, but not Absolutely. mentioning Octavio. No, he's not one. Nope, not at all. Garbage. <laughs> Opposite of good at jujitsu. Bad at jujitsu. That's it. Uh, let's go ahead and shout out again. Kevin said it very nicely, but I want to reiterate. Thank you to everybody who sent in voicemails. And, uh, we had so many people send in voicemails, but we had so many people send us nice messages and, uh, it's, it's hard to take those because when people, I had somebody come up and literally shake my hand and goes, Raph, Hey, congratulations on 200. And I was like, it just means we didn't go anywhere. Really, that's all we're we're complimenting here. But yeah, I appreciate it. And they're like, no, it means something. I was like, I guess. Okay, you know. I mean, it's important to me and Kevin, but uh, the hell if I know if it's important to anybody else. So um, thank you guys. And thank you guys for listening in again. We've gotten great notes. Uh, I do want to go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. V-Mac. Let me tell you how nice it is to have Marcelo back. Marcelo... You know, he's coming back from uh, hip surgery, and uh, the hardest thing I see for him is what he's trying to do now that he's had this hip surgery is he's trying to have us demonstrate the moves that he's describing. Nice. And that's great, except for the fact that sometimes he'll just look and go, all right, and he'll get on the ground, and I'm like, Marcelo, you're hip. You probably shouldn't. And he goes, I'm fine. And you look at him and you go, no, Marcelo, that's what we're all here for, to be your idiots, to do your bidding. Um, so that's the kind of commitment you get with uh, one of the best that there is. So our thanks to him for being awesome. I also want to shout out our good friends at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Guys, I was so excited to tell you last week. I'm even more excited to tell you that come Tuesday, somewhere in the early AM region, probably about 9 or 10, 
uh, myself and our good friend and EBI 10 participant, Eric Medina, will be doing a live Q&A session. So uh, look for that on Facebook Live. We'll be coming to you guys live. If you want to send in questions to the Darts Knight or myself, but mostly him because he's way more important, uh, hit us up. We'd love to talk with you guys and, and show you guys a little bit around the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, which is a great place to train. And uh, to everybody who's come through and, and helped Eric, you know, as soon as I got off the plane with Kevin from visiting over there, I, I went straight back to LA Jiu-Jitsu Club and I have been trying to do my best to help him uh, get the right people and uh, train as much as I can with him. And he looks good. He looks sharp. So I'm excited about that. But I'm more excited by the fact that so many of our friends have rolled through the club and have come and dedicated their time and given it up so kindly to help get him ready. So uh, it, it really does foster a great sense of community. I do want to make a couple quick plugs while I've got the opportunity to because if you guys are looking at uh, Five Grappling, they're returning. There's like a million super fights that are going on. It's December 3rd. And that is happening uh, down in the San Diego region. I believe there is some uh, tickets if you want to go and buy those. Look at fivegrappling.com. Yours truly, I think I can announce this now. You can announce this. Yeah, coming back. Five's coming back. People want to know this. Five is coming back. But um, we have news to let you guys know that Verbal Tap will be the official post show. That's right, you fuckers. Get ready. I will be the official Chris Hardwick afterwards so that means i will be doing a post show once it is all said and done uh i believe we'll be doing a facebook live trying to talk with as many of the athletes as we can or nobody maybe it's just going to be me sitting around as people are mopping up the mats i don't really know but stay tuned because uh we're excited to be doing that we will have the exclusive rights to doing that and i'm very excited about that because there are a number of very cool people they've got a man tournament a thousand super fights and Honestly, seeing the return of Flow Grappling and Five together sounds fucking awesome. So, pretty excited. I would uh, hope that you guys will tune in, and if you do see uh, a stream of it, please share because we want to show people that uh, what we do is uh, a fun time. Because guess what? If you like the interviews that I do after the EBIs, I think you're really gonna like what we do live, and then you can interact with us as the show is going on live. So that's the exciting news I got there. And I also want to send a big shout out to uh, Eddie Bravo. I went to go train over at headquarters with Mr. Medina and uh, in preparation for his EBI 10. And everybody there was so nice and so welcoming. And it felt so great to be back and checking in with our friends at 10th Planet. And uh, they couldn't have been more more cordial. So to everybody there, thank you for being so kind to myself and Eric. And uh, Kev, there's nothing funnier than uh, training with somebody. Somebody from Mexico, I believe his name's David. You're working Twister, so you're up close in the face. And then at the end of it, he puts on his glasses. He looks at me and he goes, Raf. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I know who you are. And I was like, cool. I told you my name when we were rolling. So, And he's like, no, 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 no. I know who you are now. I have my glasses. I can see you. <sighs> Verbal tap. I know who you are. I was like, hey. oh, cool. That's us. He's like, he goes, yeah, I'm from Mexico City, and I like your stuff, and it's great. And I was like, awesome. You better subscribe, or I'm going to beat the fuck out of you next time. <laughs> so uh, my thanks to David uh, and many of the people. They were very sweet. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. And if you guys get the chance, there is also, I believe, a BJJ 
Rollathon that is happening this Friday night, 24 hours. Our good friends at System Training Center are trying to break a world record. There are going to be a number of UFC fighters who are rolling through, and it is in support of our good friend Marcus Kowal. And uh, it is uh, for Liam's life, which is the foundation that they've set up uh, for his uh, his son, who unfortunately passed. But uh, they're doing super positive things. The community is coming together. I know there's a lot of grapple thons that you can go to, but this one is going on for 24 hours. So definitely make plans to go stop through and visit our friends at Systems Training Center because we always love giving them love. It starts Friday night over in Hawthorne at 6 p.m. Goes for 24 hours. So if you get the chance to do that, go visit them before you catch five. And don't forget, EBI 10. 7 p.m. I believe here in Pacific, and uh, watch that on Friday after you you get some training in. So that's all I got for you. Hey, that's gonna do it for us here tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. And uh, those are just facts. <laughs> that's a good tag. That's a good. Thank you.